Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Mainstream by Pixelsift. My name is Mitchell Lowe and joining me is Daniel Eng. Here at Pixelsift, we love indie games and sharing creativity from many international developers on our award-winning podcast. But on Mainstream, we discuss the games we've been playing recently and what we've been reading in the news. Uh, now, I believe, Daniel, today you're going to start us off with uh, what you've been reading and what you've been playing. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mitch. So I've been playing the Redux version of Metro 2033. And in the news, there is some rumors going on about the next Arkham game that might be dropping pretty soon. Yeah, and I've also been playing Borderlands 3. I'm a bit late to it, uh, but it came out a while ago. But Pack had a big breakthrough packs. And I've also been reading about these geeky cookbooks because I want to buy the Overwatch one and I don't know exactly how to like <laughs> review these things. So I've been looking at uh, different cookbooks that are related to gaming and geeking. Australia's best video game podcast. Subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Tell me about Metro 2033, the first one. Nice. So uh, recently on Epic, they had like some sort of a deal with the Metro series. And yep. so the first one was free. The second one was like $5 or something. And then the third one was discounted by 20%. And I'd never played these games before. Uh, I've got a lot of recommendations into it and because of Metro Exodus coming out last year, um, I did look into it a little bit and it looks like the kind of game that I will really, really enjoy. So I decided to go back to the start and uh, give the first one a shot. And so it's the Redux version. So there's some technical improvements uh, in the overall uh, game. But so far, oh man, it's it's such a ride. It's really atmospheric. It's really creepy and tense. And uh, I always limit myself to playing it at night with all the lights turned off and like a single lamp in the other end of my room to really get into it and it's been really effective like i don't play horror games that much um and i'm not even sure if i would call this like a full-blown horror game but it's very tense and i'm really enjoying it so far this is the one uh, that's bullets as currency right yes yeah the one yeah. set in the uh, in the metro tunnels of russia and yeah. so it's like so this how, uh, how does the how does the bullets as currency thing work okay so for my understanding, like I'm not a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit iffy on this myself. But as far as I know, there's like two sets of currency. So there's like the bullets you actually have in the game, like for your weapons, for enemies and stuff. And then you're taking out like the mutant creatures and that. And there's like a separate set of currency that's the golden bullets that you find during the levels. So because I, I heard about the ammo uh, as currency thing as well, and I thought it was like you actually had to give your gun like you know the stuff that you'd be using um in the game and then you'd have to 
have like a risk reward sort of system, whether or not you want better gear or less ammo or what, but it looks like there's two separate different things. So what's your favorite part about Metro so far, Daniel? I think honestly, the atmosphere uh, around the whole game, because I'll, the thing that I really like about it is um, similar to Far Cry 2, the UI that's in the game um, isn't overlaid on the screen. So a lot of the stuff that you're looking at uh, as far as, you know, your ammo and stuff like that or different things that are happening are actually in the actual game world. So I'll give you an example. Uh, you have a flashlight in the game and if you have it on for a long period of time, it starts to dwindle and it starts to fade and flicker and stuff. Um, and to recharge it, you have to hold down F on like on your keyboard and you pull out this like handheld uh, power sort of charging thingy and then you like charge it a couple of times and then the flashlight goes back up. And so there's like a bunch of different things like that you have to keep aware of in the game um, that just adds that extra layer of immersion, I think. And that's the stuff that I, I really, really enjoy uh, in the game. So it, it means that the actual UI, there's like barely anything. I think the only thing is like a little ammo counter um, at the bottom and everything else is contextual to the game. Uh, yeah, that's really, really so cool. I've been, so I've been playing Borderlands 3 recently and the Borderlands games kind of do something a little similar to that when the ui is kind of it, it's not it's not as integrated into the environment as yours is but mm. when when the character goes into a menu it kind of projects the menu out like the character is addressing their own menu and, right yeah yeah so like and, the um, skill trees and stuff pop up in yeah, front of them they, they pop up and it's like the character is addressing the menu and then when you go to sell a gun the gun like plops into the vending machine or the, the vendor you're the vendor you're addressing and like you can see it on like a rolling dolly that kind of rolls along the screen like it would if you were actually choosing a gun from a oh, rack um, that's really cool which is which i like a lot because like the, it makes the game feel very tactile and, and 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 real but the problem with this is it creates a really dumb lag because the game now has to render this new thing in and i and i it looks like a 3d asset so it's not like a it's not like just like a like a like a flat image that's on screen it, it the 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 models have to be rendered in and if you're playing i'm playing the gunner the mose mose character and when she loads her menu it also loads the mech in as well so the game has to now render her the mech which has custom colors on it and everything and the guns and everything so i've noticed that that creates significantly more lag than when i'm playing another character which hmm. is a little frustrating I got a question. So, yeah. with Borderlands, because I haven't played Borderlands 3 yet, but I did play yeah. Borderlands 1 and 2. Yes. So, is there a difference in lag between Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3? Because as far as I know, they have similar like UI elements, okay. right? With with the guns and yes. stuff. Let, let's just be frank. I like Borderlands a lot. It's very fun. However, it does not feel like a modern game. Mm, like, okay. if, if, if their aim was to capture the humor, the like everything, it just feels like it's from another time. Like so, some of the jokes don't quite hit. Some of the jokes are honestly a little inappropriate. Um, and but do you think that's that's contextual to the Borderlands world? Like, is it still absolutely. fitting in Borderlands? But it's just absolutely. our climate but has if, if changed. This, yeah, if this game came out and it wasn't part of the Borderlands franchise, it would be a dog. It wouldn't work. It, it mm. it's janky. It fails all the time. Playing on PS4, by the way, so I don't know how that is on PC. But it lags a lot. Um, it's just not very well made. Like okay. it, it, that if 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 like it, it's just not as polished. I'm I'm very used to Destiny and like say what you want about Destiny. That is a very well made game. 
Mm. It is. It it runs really well. It's it, it it is one of the best examples of the first person shooter genre that exists. Um, Borderlands not that, but Borderlands is as janky as it is fun. It's it's just fun to be around. Mm, okay, so like the humor yeah. and and the mood of the game and stuff, sort of keeping it a little bit lighthearted. Yeah, not always appropriate, but often the funnest things aren't very appropriate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like it, it, it's, you know, if, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I do know that yeah. they, because I'm still really keen to try Borderlands 3, still haven't had uh, the chance to pick it up yet. But I do know they, uh, what you were going, uh, sorry, what you were saying about it not really feeling like a modern game, but they've implemented slow sort of uh, quality of life additions, right? Like being able to slide, being able to vault over things and that. I, th- I was so- hoping they would go further with that. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So, my, I was, was going to ask, would- like, how, how, how far they implemented things like that? Or do you think it's just kind of adding it they, because the, it needs the to be there? parts of it are there, but it's not as night and day. Like, it, it okay. falls down in terms of it loading, like, the, uh, the multiplayer aspect of you don't just join someone's game and then they... They are. They kind of like run the whole thing. You kind of all agree, and you can. Anyone is capable of changing what quest you're on at any point by hmm. pushing a button, and that's kind of not very. That's a bit confusing when you're running a mission and suddenly the quest can change because any one of the three people playing could have pushed the wrong button at one point. <laughs> and um, also, the there's a there's a quick there's a quick travel menu or like, like a speed. What is it? Quick travel? No. Fast, fast travel? travel. Fast travel. And that menu, how you pick between where you want to go, that might be the worst UI I think I've ever seen in my life. Mm, I remember in, in Borderlands 2, um, from what I've seen of gameplay online of Borderlands 3, it looks similar as far as the map layout. It's like, I would say it's, it's hard worse. to tell. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, because the map is now this big 3D and it's a very impressive map because it like it kind of arrays out and it gives you this 3D perspective of the space. However, okay. in doing that, every time you open the map, depending on where you're facing, it's it's orientated differently. So it's really confusing. And there's different levels of the map. Like the maps are physically tall now, so you can move up and down on different levels. Especially this one area later in the game. They get a bit more complicated. I think um it's it's the place, it's like the swamp planet. And you go, like, the map is very tall. And there are heaps of levels. And if you're not looking at it correctly, you can't find anything. So, that is ah. one of the things that I kind of find very frustrating about the Borderlands experience. That mm. being said, um, everything you liked about Borderlands 1 and 2, that's all there. So Okay. So, for fans of back. the series that, that enjoy it will have a blast with Borderlands 3, but do you think uh, other people that maybe haven't played Borderlands, do you think they'd the find out? No, if you haven't played Borderlands 1 and 2, don't bother. All right, so quick summary of Borderlands. What I love about the game, um, one of my favorite characters is back, Tiny Tino. I was really hoping that she was <laughs> going to be a Vault Hunter in this one. Um, unfortunately, she's not. I've been told by people that it's not, un- like, uh, that she probably could be a Vault Hunter, in DLC, okay. but I don't see that working because she's in the story. So, if she's a Vault Hunter, then how would she address herself? Right. Um, yeah. Good point. This game is for people who played Borderlands 1 and 2, no one else. If you haven't played Borderlands 1 and 2, don't bother. It's not for you. You won't like it. Yeah. And if you didn't like Borderlands 1 and 2, it's not for you either. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, pretty much, uh, that's pretty much my closing thoughts on Borderlands 3. Okay. How about you and Metro? 
So for me, for, for Metro, uh, we kind of touched upon this earlier, but again, the atmosphere and the sound design and the lighting and everything that goes into creating this immersive world is really, really well done. And uh, I hear that it's it's throughout the entire series, so I'm really keen to continue playing this game. Um, I think something that wasn't exactly for me, um, maybe I haven't, I'm not really too far into the game yet, so maybe I can't speak, but so far the enemies seem a little bit too janky. Granted, right. it is like a nine-year-old game, you know, so maybe there is yes. also limitations in, in the AI, but I just find yeah. that uh, I'm playing on hardcore right now, uh, just jumping straight into it. And a lot of the human enemies, not so much the mutants, the mutants are really, really frightening and because they run really fast and, you know, uh, juke you a lot and run around, they are really challenging to fight. But the human enemies, they're really easy to stealth like your entire way around and just turn off all the lights and uh, use a silencer and take everybody out in, in, yep. in by headshots and stuff. So that so far, uh, kind of a little iffy. But again, that might change later on in the story when there's new newer enemy types. I honestly can't say just yet. Um, and I think I would honestly recommend this game to anybody who likes really immersive games and really gets into the story and you're transported into another world and it's very tense and it's very engaging and um, it's definitely left an impression on me. And especially I would also recommend to play it in the dark like I have because um, <laughs> most of the game has been in the in the metro and the only thing that you really have for a light source is either your torch or a lighter and apart from that, everything else is lit contextually, such as other lamps and stuff, but not really in the sun. And there are some sections where you go out of the metro and into like on top of the ground. And that completely changes because it's um, you have to wear a gas mask and stuff and walk around and really be conscious of where you are and how long you have left to change filters. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. It's really good. This is Mainstream by Pixel Sift. Awesome. Well, uh, this is Mainstream. Uh, my name is Mitch, and I'm here with Daniel. And we just spoke about we just spoke a bit about the games we've been playing. Uh, so, Daniel, what have you been reading this week? So, this week there's been a couple of rumors going in, uh, about the next Arkham game. So, the last Batman game that came out was Can Arkham Knight. Can I please Knight. play as Batgirl for the entire thing? Well, okay, here we go. There's a uh, oh my god, yes. There's some good news that you might like, and sure, take yep. everything with a grain of salt right now because yes. nothing's been confirmed. Uh, obviously, these are all still rumors, um, but apparently, the next game is called Batman Arkham Legacy, and will focus on the entire Bat family. Yes, so it says here the entire all of Batman's family will be playable. So I'm assuming that's Batgirl, that's Finally. Nightwing, that's Robin, um, which whichever version that is, you know, of Robin yep. and the, and the other heroes as well. And so, um, apparently, according to this article on uh, taken from PC Gamer, written by Sean Prescott, who is also a fellow Aussie, uh, he writes that this makes sense, uh, considering our zeitgeist right now about big hero team-ups and ensembles and everything and everybody with different abilities. You know, you see it in the Avengers and what have you in DC and stuff. Um, and so, there's been a couple of tweets that kind of add some validity to this. Uh, a while back, Warner, uh, Warner Brother Games Montreal dropped a tease. Uh, I think it was uh, posted on September 24th. And so, they they had this thing that was captioned, uh, Capture the Night. And they had a bunch of different flashing logos that appeared in like quick succession. And uh, people have broken this down frame by frame. And apparently, some of it has to relate to the Court of Owls. Some of it has oh, to relate yeah. to the Lazarus Pit, you know, with Ra's al Ghul. And so, um, there was hate, this other I person. the Lazarus Pit. Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing, but apparently uh, it's going to be part of it. 
Um, there's also Scott Snyder who tweeted, uh, quote, uh, wait for it, hashtag beware the court of owls, end quote. And so that tweet was removed shortly after, but a bunch of people had already taken screenshots. And Scott Snyder, I think, uh, one of the writers uh, about some Batman property, I'm not entirely too sure. Uh, so, yeah, at this point, it seems like Rocksteady has been working on something. They've been really quiet since Batman Arkham Knight was released. Um, and so it seems like now is the time to unveil something new. So Who's your favorite not- Bat family member? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like I really like Batgirl as well. I, I would say probably yeah. Batgirl. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Batgirl? Um, not, not particularly. I just like the character. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. I, I like Cassandra Cain Batgirl. I think she's cool. Cassandra Cain. I think I'm probably yeah, she's the like OG the, Barbara she's, Gordon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's Bob. like the pissed... Uh, Cassandra Cain's like the pissed off, like angry Batgirl. Like, kind of like mm. Damian Wayne is like mm, the pissed off yeah. angry Robin. Yep. And like... And Dick Grayson is kind of like the happy Robin. Yeah, yeah. This kind of. I, different personality shifts and stuff. But I'm curious to see, like, because with the Arkham stuff, they've kind of done their own thing, right? And they've taken inspiration from some of the comics and everything. But to see how it goes forward and who is playing the different Bat family, that'll be interesting to see, you know, how they right. explore and expand that universe since um, how well, Arkham well, if it's if it's Barbara Gordon Batgirl, it'll be Tara Strong playing her. Right, because right. She's yeah. pretty much she's Batgirl, and then she's also Harley Quinn in a lot of like the other, like if if they're voiced, it's it's essentially Tara Strong voices those two characters. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um. So yeah, Mitch, what about you? What have you been reading in the news? I've been reading up on the Overwatch cookbook because I was like tossing up whether to get it or not. Okay. So well, what have you new. found? What have you found okay, so far? So, so basically, you can like look at some of the recipes online. And that got me thinking of a bunch of other cookbooks that could possibly exist uh, for nerds and okay. gaming. Um, so, the Overwatch cookbook <laughs> is very nice. Um, this podcast was not brought to you by it, but, you know, Blizzard, anything's possible, just call me. Um, <laughs> one of the preview recipes available on there is called the Valkyrie's Flight uh, oh, I nice. honestly think it's just lemon tea. I think that's what that is. Like, a lot of these cookbooks are just basic recipes with overwatch like there's a thing called like the canadian butter tart and this is like apparently farah's thing okay which is uh yeah um so i'm probably not going to get it because honestly the more i look at it the lamer it um the lamer it gets but in doing so i have now gone into a kind of a rabbit hole of gaming or geek related cookbooks um so, they, they do range uh, a lot. There's the Elder Scrolls Online uh, cookbook. I actually saw that one today. Oh, you did out. see that one? Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. Yeah. Um, so, there's also the True Blood Drinks and Bites cookbook. Oh, wow. I didn't know about yeah. that. Um, and there was also the WWE official cookbook. <laughs> what? Yeah. This, this rates <laughs> 66 on Goodreads on Nerd <laughs> and Geeky Cookbooks. Yeah, wow. So, um. Mm, Okay, I got a question uh, for you. Yes. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, so do you think, like, you know, what you were saying about WWE, do you think some properties inherently lend themselves better towards having so, a cookbook like Elder Scrolls versus, you yes. know? Yes. Yes, I do. So, the JR, sorry, the there's a Game of Thrones one. Uh, oh, yeah, that'd be good. Which one. I think yeah. would be pretty good. Like, essentially, like, ga- like I think a, a, good, a good cookbook goes along with a good universe. 
Mm. So like the Overwatch, right. probably not. I mean, like, you know, Overwatch, probably not. Halo, probably not. Uh, even though there probably is a Halo cookbook. But um, for example, Love at First Bite, the unofficial Twilight cookbook. Um, the unofficial, the yeah. The unofficial uh, Twilight cookbook. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I was, yeah, I was thinking surely there'd be a Fallout one and there'd be like weird mutant stuff as far as the okay, universe, yeah. you know, having cookbooks and yes. stuff. Because the, in the game, okay, you know, so you can cook a, meals. I think there is a Fallout cookbook. Hang on. Fallout cookbook. Fallout, the Vault Dweller's official cookbook. Official cookbook, unlike the unofficial Twilight cookbook. That we mentioned. Oh, so earlier. the Twilight one's unofficial. So the, un- the Twilight official is unofficial. It. So I, um, I'm at, I'm announcing it right now. I am creating the unofficial Borderlands Three cookbook. Nice. Um, it'll be out later next year because apparently anyone could do this. So I guess you could make Skag meat and yeah, yeah spider ant stuff and everything spider else, ants, right? Uh, robot roasted whatever. So, uh, you and I, Daniel, were making the Borderlands 3 unofficial cookbook by Pixel Oh, hell yeah. Shift. Hell yeah. Um, you know what's strange, though? I, I'm thinking, okay, so we've, we've we've got a bunch of different IPs right now that have cookbooks, right? And I yes. would say WWE is by far the strangest one. I'm yep. betting we can go even stranger than that. And there'll be oh, no, I've already got like a list unrelated. of funny, man. Do you want to know what some of the weirdest ones are? I'm just going to guess and just say Fast and Furious cookbook. And everyone's going to be like, what is oh. that? <laughs> I feel like that would I'm be a changing, thing. I'm changing my idea now. The Fast and Furious unofficial cookbook. Oh, um, man. No, yeah, so, hit me up. What, what are some of them? All right. So, I've got, I mean, I've got the Doctor Who official cookbook. Like, this is like official. Right. Okay. Happening here. That that's one of the weirdest ones that strikes me now. Um, however, this this list is like a hundred strong. A um, hundred strong. Wow. Yeah. So there is the official Winnie the Pooh tea time cookbook. Okay. Um, but like they these that these cookbooks sense, are only though. weird if you start thinking about it because mm. like they they always. Oh, here we go. The Easy Eats Bee and Puppy Cat cookbook. Does anybody know what Bee and Puppy Cat is? No idea. Okay, no it's like a web series. Okay. Yeah, um, oh, here we go. All right, I found the weirdest one. Mm. Okay, it's, it's a tie and they're right next to each other. Okay, so um, the weirdest one is either the Polly Pocket Cookbook. Step <laughs> into reading step three book. I don't know what that means. Um, and there is also the NFL Family Cookbook. Wow, okay. That, yeah. Huh, interesting. The NFL yeah. Family Cookbook. The NFL Family Cookbook. They, See, they, they get really specific. Okay, well, see, here's the thing. I'm of, I'm of two minds, though, about cookbooks, right? So, number one is, like, food that exists within the universe, you know, or, like, stuff that people would eat or whatever, you know? So, you get, like, things like in Game of Thrones, for instance, um, George yes. Armand, of course, in the novels, writes extensively about all the meals and stuff and everything. And so, that makes sense to turn into a cookbook. Yep. But then you also get other stuff, like, going back to the Doctor Who thing, and I'm sure there would be some sort of gimmicky, like, you know, TARDIS... Uh, sort of gingerbread, you know, kind of thing and something like that. But then you get even stranger into NFL and I'm just wondering what that yeah, would look it, like, you know? It's like, what would an NFL player, like, seriously? Like, do they really eat that differently? I guess they do. I mean, they're going to yeah. put on a lot of a lot of muscle, <laughs> a lot of extra weight, right? So, maybe it's it's a cookbook for NFL players and not, <laughs> you know, for... Yeah. But it says the like, family like, stuff, so I don't know. I don't know. Look, here's, look like, there's a Harry Potter one here, okay? I'm going to read you what this is called, okay? okay? It's The Wizard's Cookbook. 
magical recipes inspired by Harry Potter, Merlin, and the Wizard of Oz, and more. So this is okay. this is unofficial too. So what what am huh. I going to do? The first person shooter's cookbook. <laughs> that would Master be funny. Chief, the <laughs> recipes inspired by the Master Chief, Doom Guy, and every Borderlands hero. You know what? You could make like if you're well, talking about first this? person shooter cookbooks, right? You a could par- have like a dish called the the lag, and what yeah. it is, it's it's a bunch of spices that doesn't hit you until thirty minutes after you eat it. That would be amazing. <laughs> but seriously, Daniel, <laughs> anyone can do this. Yeah. Wait. So, if if these are all unofficial, yeah. how does the licensing work and the copyright issues? Well, I don't know. That it has that? Harry Potter written on it, but I can't imagine that like this is licensed by all those properties in one. Right. It just well, seems like when it comes to a cookbook, anything goes. You're listening to Mainstream by Pixelsift. Visit us on pixelsift.com.au. Anyway, Daniel and I, we could we could go on for the rest of the night talking about what cookbooks should and should not be made. But um, I think we've run out of time. So uh, if you'd like if you like cook- cookbooks and you want to see a cookbook made by Daniel and I, uh, let us know in the comments below what games or game series you would like us to put into a cookbook, and we'll we'll get working on that right away. And uh, we'll try to get these out um, as often as we can. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. This has been Mainstream by Pixelsift, where we talk about the video games the Pixelsift team has been playing, and as well as the news we've been reading online. And thanks to Brian Fairbanks at Salty Dog Sounds for composing the Mainstream theme music. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, just search Mitchell Lowe on Twitter or 643. It's a stupid Twitter handle, uh, but you can find me through the Pixelsift uh, Twitter. Uh, Daniel, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Daniel Ang Art on Twitter. And uh, if you'd like to check out our Australian podcast award-winning podcast called Pixel Sift, uh, where we interview indie game developers and break down the news, uh, you can check that out on your favorite podcast player of choice. It'll be probably right next to this one in the suggested uh, podcast uh, section. But you can head to our website to see more videos, articles, and much more on pixelsiv.com.au and give us a rating and review. Uh, if you like what you heard, then why not tell a friend who would like the show uh, that we work on? So uh, thank you very much for joining me, Daniel. Thanks a lot for having me. And uh, until next time, this has been Pixelsift Mainstream. Hey there, mainstream listeners. My name's Gianni. I'm the executive producer of Pixel Sift. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Mainstream, talking about those AAA games that we love. But we also have an indie games podcast. It's just called Pixel Sift if you search for it in your podcast player. And each episode, we talk to indie game developers and we find out what it takes to make those games you know and love. And we break down the biggest stories from the world of gaming, give you an explainer, run you through it all so you can keep up to date with everything that's happening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on pixelsift.com.au or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade. 
forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 